morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome along to episode 58 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast and after last week's slight uh, European trip we are back to predominantly Scottish football as we don't seem to know much else, <laughs> truth be told so ahead of the World Cup when everyone else is podcasting about World Cup things we're of course going for the, the niche listener and the topics that nobody cares about because <laughs> that's I think our core audience so on this week's show uh, I will talk about why I truly live up to my name as the worst announcer in Scotland, or the ropiest, or certainly the ropiest assistant announcer um, in Scotland, as I did the uh, the Women's International Scotland game. Uh, so stay tuned for a, a cringe-worthy tale uh, about that. We'll also kind of summarise the women's game a little bit as well. We'll also be talking about the demise of junior or amateur football. Um, news this week that I think 25 of the East of Scotland teams are leaving sort of amateur and junior ranks to pursue the professional ladder uh, and also looking at Kenny Miller and the newly promoted Premiership Management Circus that surrounds and a little bit of news about the FIFA Champions League whilst we'll also have <laughs> I said we weren't talking about it but we kind of are uh, expert previews from the editor of SofaManager.com um, an expert fitness blogger as well of late <laughs> and joining us for the first time in a few weeks again it is John Brown hello how are you doing, Joe? Ah, not too bad. I've been very much missed. Our uh, last episode with you was a great success. It was. That's, that's why I'm back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've managed to coax him back. 200 listens now on that Falkirk review, so thank you very much for all that tuned in. We're also now available on a few more platforms. You can get us on a podcast forum called Anchor. We're hoping to go live on the likes of iTunes within the next couple of weeks or so. So stay tuned for that as well. But anyway, I think we'll just crack on, shall we? Indeed. So, first things first, uh, it was the Women's International uh, last week now, between Scotland and Belarus uh, to qualify for Paris 2019. Wow. Not Paris, France 2019. Uh, You should be excited because it may well be the only World Cup we actually get to. (laughs) Um, 2-1 victory there uh, for the girls. I think a stunningly Scottish performance. Um, a game in which we totally dominated and went behind in. <laughs> um, Sounds about so, right. Did you see the goals at all, John? I certainly seen the goals. Um, pretty decent. I mean, that was at the the last year scored. Uh, plus for Chelsea, is it? Uh, Cuthbert, I think is her name, wasn't it? Yeah, who's done in England? Looked fantastic. Yeah, the, I think one of the goals she scored was one of the most unlikely to go in, but <laughs> tight angle. But... Go in, it did. Um, the goal we conceded. Yeah, you know. Um, I've seen them concede the fuck like that quite <laughs> a lot. That's true. Uh, it was straight at the keeper, and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Uh, the only shot Belarus had. Uh, but a very, very exciting match. The atmosphere was good. An attendance of 2,007 people. Oh, they couldn't have bumped it up to like 2018 or something just, for the, just for the banter. So, you know, bear that in mind. We've got a nice large crowd. We've got that probably about the same <laughs> watching on BBC mm-hmm. Alba as well. So, as some of you might know, I am an assistant match day announcer. Um, and you've not heard this story yet, John, have I you? I haven't. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, this is good. So, I've been ridiculed at this um, work. Uh, this story has also apparently made the BBC Radio Scotland news as well. And this is all down to, well, partially me. Almost entirely. <laughs> all you. Yes. So, we're going through the match, our usual pre-match routine. The music's going, you know, the, the girls come out of like 500 miles. We go into the intro music. All very, very good. We're delivering the smooth and slick experience we always do at the Falkirk Stadium. 
And my job is to operate the buttons just up in the wee tower, press the music, getting it to go when it needs to. And I feed off my kind of main announcer guy who does all the voices and stuff like that. So the teams line up either side and um, we get the call. Can you please be upstanding with respect for the national anthem of Belarus? And that's what was heard. <laughs> Nothing. I've clicked the file and it said sound file not found. And it's like, I'm on live TV. <laughs> I have no Belarusian national anthem. I can't Spotify this tune out of nowhere. <laughs> so it's literally on the footage as well. If you go back and watch the BBC album the first bit, there's about, and this felt like an hour. Oh, <laughs> it felt like an hour. Oh. About a minute of just pure silence whilst we're all panicking. And if you look at the back of shot, you can actually see me standing. I'm very relaxed. And like the only sound file that wasn't there was this national anthem. And you see me sit down and I'm literally hammering a mouse <laughs> in complete panic. I have never, ever wanted the ground to swallow me up so much in my entire life. Well, there's giggling from the crowds. I think the wee galley man was just like, hold it, hold it. <laughs> just like, I don't know what to do. Um... But eventually we got it going off of a trusty YouTube. I was going to say YouTube would be the next best Yeah, bit. YouTube got us there in the end. But, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, it is, uh, it's a flyout disaster. I wouldn't even know. I would have just played the Russian national anthem. Well, close enough. do you know what? Literally, people said to me, if you had like the Borat thing or whatever, I would have played it. <laughs> if I had any piece of audio, I wouldn't have bothered because nobody would have known. No. Uh, and I don't think many people were tuned in in Minsk to watch their female football team. I, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, that was another challenge with them was their names. Although most of them were called Anastasia, the second names were beyond comprehensible. So if it was me doing it, I would have got nowhere near. Mm. <laughs> nowhere near. Uh, so that was the exciting tale, but um, it ended up on, apparently they were talking about it on BBC Radio Scotland the following day. I was frantically checking social media, be it Twitter, because if one of these things, you know how you get these... It could snowball. Yeah. It could be one of these viral things. Uh, fortunately not. They're, just, they're burning effigies of you in Belarus, Kelly. <laughs> Quite important, well that's what they said. I'm going to have to be going on some sort of peace treaty <laughs> mission to Minsk, you know, with my apologies. You and Alexander Hleb can have both hands walking down. <laughs> it's Hleb from Belarus. We couldn't think of anyone we knew from Belarus, but... Uh, I absolutely disaster. And yes, if you are burning effigies of me in Belarus, <laughs> uh, so be it. Um, but we know better for next time, and I'll always have a spare national anthem, be it the correct one or not. That doesn't matter. That's uh, on hand. Very fortunately, we had a piper, so that, you know, no buttons, <laughs> no buttons to press there. Did he not get the national anthem? <laughs> yeah, he was fine. He was fine. Oh, it was a, it was a long night. It was a night. It was a night of omens. <laughs> I think, you know, looking back, but. Uh, a great experience, a great atmosphere. Um, thought the Scots were lacking in confidence a bit for as much dominance as they had. You know, could have done a bit more shooting. But when the goals came, well, there was a bit of a problem. Why? Well, a very youthful and exuberant crowd. These these girls are hooligans, John. I've never seen casuals like it. Nah, they've been quite frankly inspiration for the Hamilton last. <laughs> quite possibly, uh, they were like grabbing all these girls left, right, and centre for autographs. But the celebrations for the goals, flossing, flossing, absolutely everywhere, flossing. I believe someone got caught on camera. Someone's mother was dabbing in a football crowd the oh, other God. day. Not old school. It's just crumbling. <laughs> it's absolutely crumbling. We talk about scenes. 
it's just going to look like a crowd of like Fortnite animated players uh, if it keeps going at this rate. And they are the future. Shoot them. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> There's not enough shooting in Scotland as it is. Hey. But, um, but, uh, you know, is this behaviour to be encouraged to get, no. the, to get the youth along? 100% not. You not see yourself flossing or dabbing after the Gobascore, John? <laughs> I'm not that flexible. <laughs> I would love it. First bet Fred game cup game of the season you look out for John Brown and uh, the dabbing and the floss not the sloss <laughs> but the floss, floss. <laughs> you know the floss but not the floss but uh, you know all these footballers and things play all these video games and that now with the the dances in them and there's been a few celebrations that have uh, just it's cringe I hate it I absolutely detest it it's it's, uh, it's not at the core of it football it doesn't go to the heart of your core of the demographic though it doesn't uh, speaking of the core demographic though junior <laughs> and amateur hey. football we had news this week on the BBC uh, and John will be kind of expertly placed to talk about this uh, 25 teams leaving the East of Scotland uh, league in one form and I think there's a number of divisions and things they run yes <laughs> um, but I know they've voted in another 26 so those teams have been easily replaced uh, I believe so that's all well and good but these guys look now to go out and pursue, I think, what is going to become the sixth tier of Scottish football. Uh, from the article, I couldn't quite work out whether another league, like a Lowland League 2 or something, would be created. It's a, just a mismatch. Uh, as far as I can work out, you're right, 20-odd teams have left. The junior set up in the east of Scotland mm-hmm. and have came part of the... That's incorrect. <laughs> They've left the SGFA East region. Yes, to join the East of Scotland League, I think. I think okay, that's the right way okay, around. Okay, right. And then for there, there's three conferences in the East of Scotland. Right. In the low, in the kind of SFA bracket. Right. Who will play each other? I think it's three. Oh yeah, and the, it's th- three the three of thirteen because the three winners top. then go into like some sort of playoff. They're going to kind of weird round robin, and then the one of that goes into a playoff with the South of Scotland winner, who will go into a playoff against the bottom of the Lowland League. For promotion and relegation <laughs> right, I okay. think that's my interpretation right uh, god almighty it's confusing well I think it is confusing I think the main question for me was you know is this you know diluting <laughs> the lack of concentration we already have or is this providing more variety I mean, to our game it, it does the right thing just in a really awkward way yeah Um do we need more professional teams though or semi-professional not, well, or... yeah I mean you can't really class them as professional teams especially no, at that level no they operate as they do but if you look at near enough any country in the world they don't have the same kind of mismatch as we do no in their kind of pyramid system when you take like I was reading an article about a team from Austria Austria Graz I think that's their name they went from the top tier to the 8th tier much like the other Rangers really <laughs> completely liquidated yes. and came back as a new club uh, started at the bottom very bottom and they've now worked their way up into the third tier well done but you know there's there's eight tiers yeah. to that kind of Austrian system the uh, big cake. they're not a huge country I mean, there's maybe twice the size of what Scotland is that's how it should be Yeah. and when you look at Germany they've all kind of got a regional system England kind of have one yeah so it, it makes sense it makes sense to have these kind of teams coming in I think the Ayrshire teams aren't far behind mm-hmm. I was reading an article from from 
Don't source it, it's fine. Regional. Go to sofa manager, I'll be up there. Aye. <laughs> I'll reference it Harvard style. Uh, and we'll put it up. But fundamentally, the secretary of the SGFA is kind of implied that they're looking to kind of slot in at the sixth tier anyway. Right. And join in. And that'll stop people, clubs leaving and right. joining the SFA and Future. Sort of diluting the SGFA. They don't have a lot of time and get that sorted. How do you get the thing out? Um, I think that, you know, the it's interesting that, you know, we've had teams like, you know, and Lithgow Rose have been very successful in cup competitions and it's always been bizarre that there's been like a ceiling put on those sort of teams. It did make sense that there's some reasonably big clubs, mm-hmm. especially kind of Midlothian, uh, Borders of Edinburgh, some really good clubs. Mm-hmm. Like I say, the Usher teams are big mm-hmm. and they're probably bigger than a lot of the teams that are currently mm-hmm. in League 2 uh, in terms of attendances and Kind of geographical pool of supporters. Mm-hmm. Well, more people go to junior games in that area than they would the Air United or the Kilmarnock games. Pretty much. To a certain mean, extent. If you compare, I would love to compare sort of the average Bowness and Linlithgow crowds to the Shire. Mm. That's probably very comparable. They won't be far off. And uh-huh. I think if Bowness start to perform a little bit better, they're going to come out a little bit more the same with Lithgow Rose. So, yeah, there's potential in amongst all of these guys. So, the Rangers fans of Bowness United to. To build new Ibrox as they rise to the top of Scottish football. I mean, there was always talk that we're going to uh, buy Morton if everything went wrong and then relocate <laughs> Morton to Glasgow. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be a disaster. Um, it, it's, it's very interesting, and I wonder, you know, how the fans would react to this because I believe that, you know, fans of these types of clubs are very much diehards, you oh, know, right. of football. Um, and sometimes when you support these sort of teams, this structure of football is actually not what you're after. They have to be careful because they are now going to fall under SFA rules and regulations. Yes. Which, as we know, are utterly stupid <laughs> in a lot of the time. I mean, I can guarantee that there's going to be some mental rule about they must have floodlights, which I know a lot of them don't. They'll have to have a flushing loo somewhere. <laughs> I can guarantee a lot of them don't. <laughs> <That's ambitious>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the pies have to be at a room temperature, you know, it's Oh, health and safety standards, no way. No danger. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, it depends on, you know, how much we do want to professionalise the game. and But I guess if they want to step up to that level and have that sort of opportunity, it, it just put me in mind of, you know, the likes of when Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle merged to become a bigger team and there was just fury. Everywhere, Complete right. fury. And I know going to, you know, one of these Easter Scotland Cup finals is, you know, the guys that were there knew the guys on the pitch. And, you know... I get the impression that like every fan has, at the, those sort of clubs has a role to play in terms of you know volunteering, community things like that. And if you went, say, if Bonnets United, you know, or Lothgar Rose or like Auckland Lake or whoever, you know, did get promoted up to League Two, League One, it becomes a much bigger, well, I'll say a much bigger deal. It's not exactly the bright lights. It is for them though. It's that's a huge. That's the incentive for them now. That's true. It's to at least break into the Lowland League or Highland League, depending on where you kind of are. And at what stage? I don't know what the, the amateur structure is like in the Highlands. Well, um, it's mostly teams for Aberdeenshire and yeah, I suppose. And they themselves, their junior teams are looking to leave. And yeah, the the SG, SGFA as an entity it really is annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's every chance that's going to disband in the not too distant future. That's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's something we spoke a lot in the podcast is about the two kind of merging. Uh, but no, I, th- I think it seems like a positive thing. It's a, it's a right thing to do. Yeah. Right. 
And as we say, it still is very difficult if you want to progress up the league because of the playoff system. You know, mind you, people like Fort William and like uh, Hoyt Royal Albert will be quaking in their boots because bottling it and they're useless. But then that was the good thing about you know East Stirlingshire sat sat in comfort at the bottom and you know it get it took away that safety net that these clubs. Aye, the bottom of the league too. You know, it's all opened up now, yeah. and you can really filter out teams that maybe shouldn't be there. They're there by kind of virtue rather than right. Yeah. Which is quite good for competition. It's actually quite exciting. We haven't had such change in football structure in quite some time. Probably uh, since the playoffs. Well, it's going to just at the top end. Yeah, but even then, you know, these are whole leagues. Oh, this is huge. You know, it's, it opens everything up. Well, we'll be sure to get along a little bit more. I've still not been to a, a junior football match aside from that. Uh, it's good when it's sunny. That's yes. all I say. I've been when it's minus three, minus four, and it's brutal. But oh, nobody yeah. likes football in those conditions. Uh, but it was interesting you brought up, you know, English teams and stuff there, because we heard the big news this week. Oh God, I hope we weren't <laughs> going to talk about. You then. weren't too pleased about this on the at Sofa Manager FC Twitter account. Uh, we are including Sutton United and another team. Uh, something in the north. Something like that. <sighs> Sutton United, I know, but two teams from the. Is it the Conference North and the Conference South? Good grief. Um, yeah, that's was my reaction. <laughs> Not even the Conference the, Premier, it's the Conference North and South. Well, into the Iron Brew Challenge Cup. Yes. Um, which rounds off are very much our, our kind of Home Nations Champions League tournament, which we're kind of having. This is close to just turning into a farce. This is well, do, do you th- What is so the scope with this competition? Right. It depends on what kind of tinted glasses you've got on at the moment. But are they actually looking to drop the Scottish moniker and make this like a British Imperial Cup or whatever? The cynic in me suggests that they're doing this to creak open the door for uh-huh. Rangers and Celtic to bugger off down south. <sighs> it makes sense. It's a cross-border competition. Uh-huh. UEFA aren't too keen on cross-border competition. But then they can go, but look at the Iron Brew Cup. <laughs> yeah, what, says UEFA? Yeah. Who? <laughs> exactly. They actually had to apply for permission for this. Did they? <laughs> to who? The FA? Not to the UEFA. Oh, good grief. I'd yeah, love like I'd some... love to see someone reading that report. We've sent over a few cans of Iron Brew, some Tunnock's caramel tea cakes. There'll be some guy in a big UEFA office in, like, they're in is it Swiss- Sion? Switzerland. Sion or something like that. A wee email flashes across to Ian Maxwell or whoever at the SFA. What is this, malarkey? I broke up. Click this link. <laughs> uh, to be taxed money you don't actually owe us. Um, again, I'll be interested to see how they get on. Nope. More times than not last season, it was a bit of a headache when you drew one of these teams because it was impossible to get there or whatever. It would be a bit less difficult for the English sides, but they're not really bringing raucous attendances that are going to... I think they're doing it for money and I think they're going to try and sell it to BT it's all money because BT covered the Vanarama conference they have a really weird deal with what Alba S4C and Premier Sport I think oh did Premier Sport not do Betfred Cup no I don't think so Challenge Cup BT are Betfred Cup entirely and I think Premier did a bit of the Iron Brew so, but then the S4C thing's weird because it's their own like Welsh language oh, commentary I mean, it's and stuff. They're equivalent to it's like Channel Four. It's Welsh Channel Four. Again, this whole thing turns on its head when one of these teams wins this competition, and we ask, what "What's happened? the point in our Scottish Challenge Cup being won by a oh, Challenge Cup?" Especially if an English team wins it. Especially if it's somebody like Sutton United. Sutton United beat. I don't know. Take your pick. 
Wraith in the final. <laughs> like, what a disaster! Like, well, I'll be interested to see how they slot in. Play it? Well, <laughs> I, I, I think a conference team could have pushed some of the championship teams. A yes. conference north and a conference south. I'm I'm really unsure because it's way beyond my remit as far as knowledge of football goes. Although Sutton United, I think, had a good FA Cup run. Are they not partially owned by Paul Scholes and? Is that not something? No, United? no, no. That's Salford City. No, something United have got a, a connection. Don't think so. I'm sure they do. I'm pretty sure. I, I Google it. Well, the Scottish boy signed for Salford City. Actually, weirdly enough. Uh, but by the by, so uh, so for managers' approval, there is uh, is pretty low. It's grim. Um, pretty lo- low. Looking forward to Sutton United versus the New Saints live on S4. But that would be handier. It'd be handy for them. Maybe, do you think it would be a better idea if you were going to commit to this British idea, regionalise all the Challenge Cups and then have some sort of... British Super Cup. Well, yeah, like a tournament of, like a mini, you know... You could have... The British Imperial Cup in the summer and just like... Wow, how throwback is that? Well, that's essentially what they're creating here. Well, kind of. I mean, it's it's not the best team from Scotland against the best team in England, but, you know... They could do a... They could revamp the community shield and make that a, a home nation home nation's trophy you could have Celtic is it Chelsea that won the FA Cup uh-huh. whoever won the Welsh Cup oh um, but no you can't do that be funny because like TNS or whatever turn up and get absolutely oh, you could have thumped. TNS absolutely roasting Conway Giants and <laughs> but then that's though. like the baby teams baby teams baby teams and then they play Celtic which are a much bigger team and then Celtic play you know, Man City, a much bigger team than them, and you know, the, the whole thing's pointless. Ah, great. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, write in if you think that's a good idea. Or just use the reserves. Ah, well, Colt teams again are in this oh, competition. No. So. Ah, that's actually that's worse than the English teams. <laughs> it's tough because they bring nothing to the table, absolutely nothing. But as I said on last week's podcast, that's where Scott McKenna started his season, and look how he turned out. <laughs> uh, so happy days there. Yeah, speaking of Aberdeen. Uh, a Mr. Kenneth Miller has been on the hunt for a new club in the last week um, and it looks like he's been talking to Aberdeen he's been talking to Hibernian uh, but Livingston have popped up as well with I think an opportunity for a wee player management role uh, which is interesting because that, that Livingston position seems to be doing the rounds at the moment for... nobody wants it well that's what's kind of occurring to me and even though a lot of their players are jumping ship right now a lot of players are jumping ship from these promoted teams to stay in the championship yes I'm quite surprised by that what's appealing I don't understand it's hard to say in the meantime Sibs is going the other way I know which well, is but then again the, bizarre I think Livingston's also signed the boy what, Louis Laney from Morton I can't, that's not a name I I'd never heard of him remembered from being a standout of last season uh, players they lost Gregory Buchanan uh, central defender to Morton but he got promoted with Dunfermline and decided now nah, I'm going to stay with Wraith alright fair enough <laughs> right. uh, Jackson Longridge we know went to Dunfermline and Josh Mullen to Ross County I thought Josh Mullen was alright yeah and Jackson Longridge was a decent player as well yeah he, was, he did alright so but the rumour was he was staying and his brother Louis was going to go well and- to Livingston well uh, that's what I assumed now they appear at Dunfermline yeah did the reverse uh, and you know without the manager there they're keeping the backroom staff so the assistant manager's going out to look for a new manager when he's back from holiday because this is an urgent business apparently where is he Florida oh, Miami he's probably in the caravan and like 
Loch Lomond or something like that. <laughs> is, is, it, is that as it will get? But there should be really alarm bells ringing here. They are not building... And I'm wondering if all these players know that the Premiership's not a long-term solution for this team. I think they... In their heart of hearts, they'll know they're probably up for relegation this season. No doubt. They won't survive. Mm. It's a nice payday for them that'll keep the club probably liquid for about six months to a year. Season, yeah. Until some mad Italian takes them over again. Tony Macaroni, Tony Mac. <laughs> I, will, I don't understand it. I can understand... If you take Sybold as a kind of prime example for ourselves, mm-hmm. to an extent I can understand why he wanted to move to the Premiership. Yes. Why, why it was Livingston, I don't know. If that was the only thing he was <laughs> offered, or if he wanted to stay local. I mean, the thing is, you know, it's going to be a place you're going to get your opportunity in the Premiership. You're going to get a lot of game time in the Premiership. But yeah, that's a team that's just been completely broken up. Just And the fact that your manager didn't stay... That's a real concern. I'd be quite worried about that. But then he himself hasn't found a job yet either. But does he necessarily want it? He has all the cards. He's just got Livingston no, he, he did have all the cards when he was managing Livingston. But he can go. He can look and go, ah, that's me got Livingston promoted on a shoestring budget. But then He can pick to an extent. Speaking speaking to one of the one of my pals who's a Livingston fans, what she was saying was that, you know, you your stock's high when you are somewhere. And when that goes, not so much. Because he's been linked with a lot of English teams. All that seems to have disappeared uh, into the background now. We've got to remember, though, a lot of the English teams are still on holiday. That's true. Um, Absolutely. Quite substantially, actually. They're miles away. I'm sure I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, he's maybe just where on Stubbs getting sacked. Well, right. Of all the people they could have picked... Yes. It's not, we're going to move on to that. Yeah, it? it's not the person I would have gone for. No, especially when you have two Champions League winners... Um, Jim McIntyre established Premiership Right, hold on. To an hold extent. on. No, 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 no. Hold on, right. Champions League winners. Are you talking about Guti and like Clivert and what, Benny McCarthy? Not Benny McCarthy, but I was talking Guti and Patrick Clivert. Patrick Clivert. Right. I am sorry, but someone in the St Mirren press room has got bored because Clivert immediately distanced himself from these rumours and I'm like, there's no way. No. Not in a million years you has Patrick Clivert thought this is a good idea. You can guarantee somebody that worked at the Daily Record was down at Manchester Airport the second Clivert came in for soccer aid and went, whoa! <laughs> he, must have, he must have come in from uh, Presswick Airport. That's gone. a story. Like, <laughs> absolutely right. Goody was nowhere near it either. Like, that would have been great though. Him and Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. What wasn't... Cathro was a coach at Real Madrid or... Uh, he was a coach at Valencia. There was a there was a Scottish coach at Real Madrid, and I was like, that might have been Cathro, but he was, he was certainly at Valencia. Aye. So I thought, you know, maybe that's where all these stem from. No, but I'm sorry, no, none of them were taking that job. But um, then to go from that kind of hype to Alan Stubbs, <laughs> well, the, a man who couldn't get Hibs out the, the the championship. That's the thing. They were lauding his success, and I was like, he never. No, he couldn't. He couldn't get a team promoted. The best team by far. Especially, uh, well, the, especially the second season, though. Aye, was, that was when the Hibsit thing came in. Aye, Hibs Stubbs. Um, and the thing is, he's never—he didn't last long at Rotherham. He was an eyelid at Rotherham. Aye, utterly destroyed. He never lasted. I think it was four or five months. Mm. He signed absolute nonsense. Um, he thought he could kind of take a Scottish centric squad mm-hmm. into the English Championship, and was very quickly found out. Yeah, I think Vox was the only standout. I think it was. I think I don't think it was the players because we saw 
they've just gone up uh, through the playoff yeah. system, so it probably wasn't the players. Uh, I was disappointed to see folk like Robbie Nielsen distancing himself from it because I thought it was quite a decent job to get yourself back on the. Yes, back on but the I, I do wonder if his eyes are firmly down south. Or back on Hearts. Yes, I would wait about three or four months. <laughs> is, get the is that your Levine clock I ticking? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a good sofa manager prediction for the week. How long will Craig Levine last? Put your bets in now. The Levine death clock. <laughs> <laughs> Quite every, every chance. Uh, but also for like Livingston, which I forgot to talk about, it was Hartson's the one strongly linked. I would be shocked. I'd be absolutely bamboozled. For everything and doesn't get it. He was linked with the Falkirk job twice. He wouldn't take the Falkirk job though. He's too big well, a name he, to take the Falkirk job. He came job. out and specifically says, I want the Falkirk job, and then they gave it to Houston. And I'm sure they did it this previous time when they appointed Gary Holt. Oh, right, okay. I think that was around about the same time as well. He came out and was, I really want this job. He's got a foot in the door at Livingston. Well, I was going to say, he's a coach. Not, so. Yeah, well, striker's coach and whatever, so something like that. I'll be him and Lee Miller. Lee, Lee, Lee Miller. Be a brilliant manager. I saw him encouraging those young lads at Development League. He was a cracker. Mm. Don't know what he was doing to them in the dressing room, but you know, whatever works. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Never gave us any. Never gave us any. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh Ah, good old Kenny Miller. I would love to see him at Aberdeen. Would you? Oh, he'd pump in the go- he'd pump in more goals than Rooney. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident we could do Maynard that. Maynard combined. Well, speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh I don't know if he would go to Aberdeen. I think if he was going to move, he'd go to Hibs because it's central belt. It's less hassle to to move. But Rangers have kind of chucked him by the wayside in a bit of an unceremonious manner. Doing them, is he not? Yeah, well, they're Wallace. contesting, I think, their fines, which has to go through some SFA process. So it's going to get messy. Mm-hmm. Lionel. Um, <laughs> so we will wait and see how that goes. Uh, before I move on, Quick question for all the listeners of the Sofa Manager podcast. We don't have a quiz this week, but I thought I'd slot in a little question for the listeners. And it relates to our next topic. So, new FIFA uh, was revealed, shockingly. <laughs> um, you'll never guess the name. But my question was, what rating did Graham Dorans have when he was at Livingston in FIFA? Christ, when would that have been? No f- well, 405? I had no idea how long ago it was. Answer at the end of the show. So stay tuned. Uh, comment below what you think. Uh, it is quite remarkable. Anyway, speaking of uh, FIFA, FIFA 19 released at the Entertain... No, yeah, the e- Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3, in Los Angeles, to a pretty bland trailer as usual. Lots of flicks and tricks happening. Not really that much has changed. Nothing the normal person can do. No. Without smashing no, their controller. It was all CG'd and stuff like that. But uh, news that they've got the Champions League licence is as exciting as Livingston St Mirren returning to the game. No. I don't think so. We're uh, going to see the Tony Macaroni Arena in the game. Sadly not. No. I can no. confirm that pretty strongly That's at this point. Disappointing. Uh, although some of the stadiums don't look a million miles away. Some of the generic ones are pretty close. That's a fair shout, actually. Um, so if you want to rename it <laughs> the Tony Macaroni Arena, feel free. Um, but do we care about the Champions League license? No. Probably cost them a fortune. Well, what got me was it was Pez that had it before, and this week as well. I think Pez have lost their or their agreement has been terminated early with exclusivity for Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a bit cheeky on the part of Borussia Dortmund to say, no, we will, we want to have our full shebang in FIFA when they've signed this, you know, honourable agreement with Pro Evolution Soccer. Uh, 
So it must be so difficult for them being the competing product. Yes, it'll be absolutely horrendous, especially but just now. To bounce back from their licensing, they've of course got the Scottish Premiership in the game. Woohoo! Wow. So St. Mirren and Livingston will feature <laughs> there um, as well. It's not a game I've ever played very much, unfortunately. I've never played Pez. Never. FIFA's getting a bit repetitive. I hate though. FIFA. Yeah, I went back to it last night. Uh huh, just to try. Weirdly enough, played one game, lasted about an hour. Yeah. Got destroyed, turned it off. It's been very repetitive, and it, they're now squeezing the money out of you for life. You know, <sighs> these packs and stuff, absolutely insane. I've not touched the, the World Cup update, to be honest, recently. Um, but I was I thought I'd, t- I'd talk about my dream football game. I don't know if I've spoken about this before, have I? Probably have. Probably have. Right. Don't need any licensed players. None of that. No interest in that. Game purely based on a career mode structure. This could be online as well. Mm-hmm. But you create the stadium, right? You build it up. You can start from junior level. You can start from freaking schoolboy level. Well, maybe not schoolboy level. That might be weird. <laughs> but you can start from like junior level, and you're slogging the crap. There's like a button for two footed challenges, and at that level you'll get a talking to and nothing else. <laughs> and you can take them all the way to the stars. You build your stadium and you design your kits. I wish they would let us design the kits. As you may be seen on the Sofa Manager Instagram, I have a habit of sticking our logo on pretty much anything I desire, including my Gran Turismo cars, which is probably insane, but it did lead one guy, one of my my car designs was pretty smart. It was based on one of the old classic ones. And, you know, I called it like Sofa Manager Tribute or whatever, but he was like, oh, this is Sofa King Cool. Split the words up, and I thought that's very clever. Hey. <laughs> very clever. <laughs> uh, I was impressed by that, but... Yeah, I'm bored. Will I buy it? Probably not. Definitely not. I've got enough stress in my life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Another good new gaming news, though. Forza Horizon 4, if you've been watching E3, is going to be based in Scotland. Whoosh. Yes! You're not remotely excited I'd, about this. No. This is freaking amazing. You can whiz through Edinburgh past Scott Monument. I'll do that on a daily basis. <laughs> <Well, laughs> oh, but now there's no trams in the way. So well, that doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe there is. <laughs> But I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Will we see Easter Road? Will we see Tyne Castle? Probably not. They may see Murrayfield. They might, might see Murrayfield. Kind of CGI in a Murrayfield. Which leads me to the question, John. What's the Hearts car and what's the Hibs car? Well, you need to, like, if you're Hearts, you're ready for Hertz. So. Hertz? Right, okay. So Hertz. I like that. So the high BMWs? <laughs> the high Beetle. High, the high B. High Bs. Oh. High Vs? High V8s? I definitely like the hairs thing for the hearts though. Jambos Jag. The j- the jammy Jambos. The Jambo Jag. The heavy Hondas. <laughs> That's a terrible oh. name. <laughs> oh dear. The heavy Hilux. <laughs> the Toyota Hilux backup truck. Uh, so we'll maybe we'll maybe see some of those in the game. Uh, get back to us. I'll maybe I'll maybe try some renders of those later on in the week to see. Yeah. Hearts versus Hibs, the the horse, the horse, the horse of Horizon. Cormel drag race down Leith Walk. That would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. This is what we need in the summer when the football doesn't happen. We just have various sporting events contested by various sets of fans. So we go to the stock car track at Cowdenbeath and we have like a a banger race with all the teams in the Premiership and stuff. Right. Class. Then go. What else could we do? Cricket. Cricket? Oh! We're doing well in the cricket. We did! Flipping hey! I just woke up one morning and read that Scotland had beat England and I was like, like, THE England? I didn't even know we were playing! 
Um, just need to be in my croquet and that's it. I know. Sorted. We've done them my elephant polo, so happy days. Um, anyway, I think... Uh, <laughs> sorry for that random. Hibsar's <laughs> car chat. That was weird. Write in uh, if you've got any suggestions. See, that's a perfect thing for Tam and Thingme on... Uh, on a competitive show. <laughs> Not a competitive show. But I'm like, what car would the hearts of the hips drive? So... Anyway, I think that, <laughs> that rounds off our Trez Random Scottish Football Chat. And I think John's got something to say on a more international level now, am I correct in saying? Yes, how deep is your bunker? <laughs> how deep is your bunker? <laughs> oh dear, very, very deep, John. Uh, keeping myself safe from those Russian ultras, I think. Hey, the wee Takushka doll. <laughs> well, yeah, they pop out one after the other. <laughs> after, the- You know, I was looking, because last week I was looking for some theme music for, you know, the the World Cup segments we're going to be doing on this show. And I was looking for just something with a Russian twist, but that was still quite modern. Can, can, can you guess what I ended up coming up with? Is it Call of Duty? It's not Call of that's Duty. Disappointing. See, that's quite extreme, because that is just the national anthem. And there's a lot of military chanting. The only other thing I could come across was the theme tune for Tetris, which is actually a Russian folk song. Is it? Yes, it is. Wow. It was developed in Russia, so there we go. And what else do you think is the other one? Uh, oh, the uh, Ra Ra Rasputin. Ra Ra Rasputin yes. by Bonnie M. And I was like, I was listening to it. This doesn't sound remotely Russian, but I've had it looping on the car. And Joe, you know the only reason I remembered that song was I was like, when we used to go to house parties and they had Just Dance, they used to wear the Russian hats and stuff. I thought, like, that must sound Russian. I listened to it and it's, it's not Russian. It's Germans that sing it. It's ridiculous. Boney M are German, I believe. <laughs> so, I, again, right in. I can't find anything. Ooh, I don't know. Ra, ra, no, any of the kind of Cossack dancing songs or... A bit, there's, like, there's a bit of Tchaikovsky or... That's a bit... See, it's either downbeat or it's like really classic. I'm trying to find a middle ground. Uh, like that Indian song they always play. You know, not, the... Is it not cracking up? Is that not written by a, a Russian? Could be. Could be. I've got Babushka by um, Kate Bush as well. <laughs> I don't know how that fits. I don't think it's very Russian. <laughs> um, anyway. Saturday night's alright for writing. <laughs> well, listen in next week to see what I actually come up with. <laughs> Um, could be interesting yeah again suggestions to me because I, I really am uh, puzzled puzzled anyway to the World Cup which starts on Friday Thursday brilliant Thursday good start <laughs> I don't care I'm not watching I'm not watching Saudi Arabia who cares about that I've been nil-nil you predict nil-nil I mean Russia aren't a very good international side I think they're what ranked 60 something they're the lowest ranked team in the tournament you're kidding nope Behind Saudi Arabia and Iran and stuff. Yes. Iran are actually high of the funds, if I remember right. The only Iran player I know was that Sardar Asmun, who was a Celtic target at one point and a good Champions League player for Dynamo Kiev or something. There's a really good Iranian player you could get on Football Manager 2011. Right. Oh, what was his name? Brilliant. Because you could sign him after on a pre contract uh, and in your second season. <laughs> Signed him every time. Ah, oh, what was his name? Played for, I played for Tehran, which was somehow in the game. <laughs> right. I can't remember his name, but yeah, Iran are actually decent. They won't do very much, but no, they're decent. I think my my picks of more obscure ones were like them, Saudi Arabia. Uh, who else do we have? Well, Iceland, but Iceland uh, pushed Germany quite hard on a friendly recently. Iceland won their group with Croatia in it. Did they? Yep. 
See, Carrie Arneson's leaving our shores yet again. He signed for an Icelandic team. <laughs> he didn't like the style of British football. No, he didn't. I think he just hated the lifestyle here. I don't entirely blame him. Well, after his performances in the Cup semi-final. He was dire. That's the thing, he never played that <laughs> well here. He, get. he never played that well here, but in that international team, he's a freaking sensation. Oh, his only in-form card this season came because of his Iceland performance. I scored, did he not again? He did. Albania. He launched himself into like a 78 rated in-form out of nowhere. Aye. And there was a really weird Atom Rooney one in the one game he played well as well. I seen there was a Kenny Miller with 78 pace. Oh, that's a beast of a card though. Like the shooting on it is insane. When was Kenny Miller even like that? Kenny Miller's been a brilliant footballer. <laughs> Not at the World Cup though. Um, I see though that you get 200 grand for every player apparently that goes. So Celtic yeah. and all that apparently are in the money. They'll take Eight all players uh, or something like that. Have they? I don't know. Gamboa... Rogic oh, Gamboa counts apparently so <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure he's still there at that rate Falkers would just sign every Saudi Arabian player just for a well, fortnight and get the money unfortunately their new signing uh, Leo Fazan won't be making the, the France team anytime <laughs> soon sad so no it's a weird game to open on I think it, it is they, I don't know if they could have fudged it maybe made it like Russia-Uruguay mm-hmm. which is a far more interesting game but then they might have got beat by Uruguay which wouldn't have gone down that well True. and you will get a big crowd regardless TV-wise yeah. anyway uh, who you, who's your kind of dark horse? Um, I think it's just Argentina they've been for too long Messi's just no done it at these international tournaments and I think that time's got to come because he must be furious that Ronaldo semi-piloted that Portugal team to the Euros despite the fact he was injured for that yes. final I know but I, I think this is the one thing he's got left to achieve and Argentina do have a good team around them it's a it's a decent team it's not great yeah but you don't need a great team at an international tour you just need a good team you need good strikers and two decent centre-backs which they kind of have and they've got the best player in the world Yes, when he wants to be. Yes. Um, at a national level. But you're right, I totally agree with the Ronaldo Analogy. comparison. In the time of history, people will look back <laughs> I and go. Love history. The two of them are brilliant together, but Ronaldo won an international competition yeah. with Portugal, who aren't all that great. And therefore, he becomes the best player in the world. Mm, who are your dark horses then? Senegal, no doubt. <laughs> you kidding? Nope. I, honestly, <laughs> that team is brilliant. Who's that? Koulibaly. Napoli oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sadio Mane. Wait a minute. Koulibaly, what, two seasons ago was French, wasn't he? No, he's always been Senegalese. I think he's converted there. All right. He cool. still does matter. Like, world-class centre Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Absolute very, brick. Very good player. Yeah, you got Sadio Mane up front. Mane, Mane. Kuyate. Right. Ndaye. Most of them are still plays in the Premier League. Ndaye play for? He plays for either Everton or West Ham. It's a, it's a decent squad you look at it and you go not, not bad are they they're in the same group as what Japan Colombia Poland isn't it Colombia that could be ticked that's what I'm saying they have a fair chance of making it through will we see James Rodriguez shine again for Colombia as he did and that's what well, that was my next question for you who's going to be the star the James Rodriguez of this tournament like the fault like James Rodriguez came out of nowhere exactly. and then in Germany it was probably someone like Klosa or like Podolski Mario Gotze but who did they take did they take Mario Gomez Germany they did flipping heck 35 year old I know Stuttgart striker Mario Gomez <laughs> Mario Gomez yeah, they took a really weird team they're going to struggle yeah I, I don't rate that squad at all 
They're not bothered. They've won it enough recently. They're in a weird transition. I, a lot of people are pointing at Spain to win it. I'm less convinced. No, they just don't have the big firepower that they, they, they used to. They don't have the kind of dig in midfield. No. France have got a great squad. They must be up close. And I think if Brazil come out with the intent that you expect them to have, they'll win it. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, you talk about player of the tournament, you know, is someone like Neymar going to rise up? Is Griezmann going to smoke it like he did the Euros? Mm -hmm. Can Pogba finally show what he's actually worth? Or If they play him in the right position. This is the time to show your proper motivation. If you're properly motivated, you can be one of the best players at this tournament. Oh, aye. It's wide open. Hmm. Do you have a shout for best player of the tournament so far? It's a tough one. I think it, it will come from a... South American nation. I don't know. I was going to say a slightly more kind of underdog nation, mm-hmm. shall we say. Um, it could be somebody from Colombia. It could be... Your eye on oh, that, that kind of thing. It's hard to say. Like, what about him? I think there'll be a lot of moves that come out of it. What about our... Was it not Suleiman Koulibaly? Who was the Kamarno striker um, that was absolutely roasting for like eight minutes and then we sold him to Egypt um, oh creaky uh, I know the one you're talking about was he Koulibaly was that his name he was he was you know French oh darn I thought he might have been French would it be good to see him well get him, get him back yeah, that'd be great <laughs> I would have named him I would have named flipping Sonia Lucas playing the tournament but he's no he's no going with Nigeria unfortunately yeah. uh, it's interesting though no one's been lighting the world on fire and they're friendlies uh, you know not particularly England have been great I want to talk about them They've been good in the first 45 minutes of the game uh-huh. and then they've massively tailed off. They have. like The only big star in their team, I would say, is Harry Kane. The rest of them are all pretty mediocre. Most of them are. Players. I think Rashford... Rashford would be one of mine that are kind of like, this is the guy who's going to really show off his talent. Aye. Well, they're, they're there. Like, how many of that England team were in the Champions League final? Lallana by default. Milner... No, Milner's not going. It'd be Henderson. But she didn't play a big part, did he? Not great. Um, I just don't think they have the firepower and like the folk like Trent Alexander Arnold and uh, who's the Loftus Cheek and stuff like you know. Oh, good one as well. So you're not gonna win it. You're yeah. just not. You need your John Joe Shelby. You need your Jan Malasell. Well, all right. <laughs> Hold on. Apparently, Everton are looking at him. Was the rumor? Uh, right? Disaster. Uh, Tottenham were looking at Lascelles. What did you make of uh, them playing their last friendly at Ellen Road? I quite like that. Everyone seems to be speaking very positive. It was great to see Ellen Road packed for the first time I can remember since I think a League Cup game against Man United. Donkeys their, their years games ago. are notorious for being moved all the time. Yeah, uh, that was it. Was quite nice to see for them. Please, leads, leads. You know, let's get them all excited and hyped up, and then watch some crash and burn. <laughs> exactly, fantastic. Yeah, I don't think there's much hope. Well, it's growing. They're getting there. Well, I, they talk sport I've, and they're I've heard the loss. they're hoping to win their first game against Tunisia six 0 Okay. Uh, <laughs> good luck with that. They they put on a good show against Spain, did they? Aye. Uh, couldn't name you many Tunisians either. Just be told. I think a lot of them will play in France and stuff. I presume. Is it Benatia? Oh, Mehdi Benatia. Isn't he not Moroccan? Maybe Moroccan. I thought he was maybe Tunisian. No, I think he's maybe Moroccan. Uh, how far do we think they'll get and when do you think they'll be knocked out on penalties England group stages group stages <sighs> that's brutal Belgium will absolutely annihilate that group yeah but Belgium have never like they've just never done it for all the hype and for all the class oh Kazri plays for Tunisia he's played quite well in league on this week Abdenauer um, 
that's Abdan Hour just now telling me, reminding me he's in the team. Thanks, guys. Uh, beyond that, I'm struggling. Is that a couple of bronze players at the bottom as well? Yeah, there is bronze oh, players. <laughs> as you can tell, I'm using <laughs> the FIFA cards uh, as my scouting source. But I, Belgium, for all the hype, just never done it. Just, they've just no. Hazard's not even one we spoke about for being a star of the tournament. Uh, no, I don't know. I think I'm really quite miffed that they're not taking the angling. I think that's a huge mistake. I mean, he is a proper gritty. Oh, he's great uh, for a for a World Cup. Mm-hmm. He'd be breaking some legs. It'd be fantastic. But I'm quite disappointed in that I, the tournament's going to lose a good player for that. Well, they're not taking him. They're taking Deirdre Boyata. Aye, like Christ. <laughs> Just go with a centre back less. It's very bizarre. Uh, but we will watch with anticipation. Um, see what's what I probably well I'm not tuning in this week because it's long 24 hours so I am off on motorsport duties Um, but we'll watch sporadically I don't know is the time difference too bad in Russia I don't think it's too bad pretty good actually the opening game Thursday is a 7 o'clock kick off I think it must be about midnight is the later games over in Russia Russia was like a 4 or 5 hour time difference to ourselves they did that a few times I'm sure they played Zenit St. Petersburg games in Europe they didn't finish until like 1-2 in the morning aye and bonkers. even the remember the Champions League final Man United beat Chelsea in mm-hmm. Moscow that didn't finish until about 1 in the morning Jeez. to satisfy a British audience aye I know I remember that but they've got to time it because the Australian games certainly the first one kicks, up, kicks off at 11 in the morning right our time yes which is about midnight to 1 in the morning their time over in a, uh, certainly in Sydney oh yeah that's a nightmare for the Australians but they're never going to be any good no. I saw on the news they were training their workers to smile <laughs> Lovely. It's, it's frowned upon in public in Russia to smile and you can actually see it from the kind of natural structure of their faces it's just a frown so all these railway people smiling just look really really weird um, it's going to be bizarre I'm glad I'm not going I wouldn't go if I if Scotland made it to be honest like I've seen a I remember who one of these kind of weird Facebook groups posted the ticket purchases by nation mm-hmm. Russia bought <laughs> 800,000 tickets yeah the next one's the US who have bought just under 100,000 demand our beast but alright yep is that don't know why but tourism I suppose won't it China were third really but just under 80,000 there'll be a lot of those sort of tourists so it's days. just full of tourists are they are they there in the competition I think they China no no they're not no um, it's only Japan Saudi Arabia South Korea Australian uh, South Korea is a four Asian I don't know why China well, so be loads of people with their phones out taking pictures won't yeah, it I'd be like going to a Real Madrid game well yeah <laughs> unfortunately so I'm, that is interesting I'm trying to remember the rest the whole thing's felt very corporate for a while though like it's it's corporate and it's a very there's a a weird feeling about it if you it'll feel very up. weird in Qatar I'll be interested to see how they spin that because I don't think that'll go ahead well it is going ahead though currently. I don't think it will I'd be interested to see what they do with like booze and things like that for a start imagine your fan zone in 47 degree heat you won't be able to drink anyway yeah but the good thing about Qatar is you can relatively easily bounce about oh, to I different places Russia on the other hand it's just you're forever you're over I mean you're effectively on the Finnish border when you're playing in Kaliningrad uh-huh. and then you're doing the Georgian border, border when you go to Sochi well there's, ah, there's, there's some that are actually separated by other countries Aye. And some of these, yeah, are literally only really accessed by plane. Or annexed. <laughs> well, like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. 
lot of really funny stadiums like see that one with a massive stand or oh, the with the scaffolding aye Whoa, I would tell you I, the back row of that I've, I'm sorry I've seen temporary stands in my time none of them have been what was that the biggest high? ones none of them have been remotely that no. high and yes I see they've got round the problem of what minimum capacity of like 35,000 or something but oh. Oh, <laughs> just the pictures of it look utterly bizarre. It's been done with a funny lens, but even then, that is. But right, you get you're not going to really see anything. You get some German fans doing the bouncy, and that it is gone. Oh, aye. it is gone. Like I'm oh, and yeah, the kind of, But you know, we we trust in the architects. Uh, yep, we trust in the labour. Well, you know, we saw that shop and centre and stuff recently, but. Uh, Aye, what else? Frankie Boyle's been doing his. Uh... I'm still to watch that. I've watched clips of it, and it's quite funny because he's talked about the floodlights being akin to, you know, like a Glaswegian's, uh, you know, crack garden or whatever in his <laughs> in his shed. Um, so he, <laughs> I don't know why he's done it, but it seems candles to be quite in a jam jar. Like... Yeah, <laughs> comments akin to that. So uh, that was quite interesting. But a game I'll watch with bated breath. Who's in the final, John? Well, because of the stupid kind of ladder uh, setup, it's really awkward. Mm-hmm. Oh, so is there actual like seeding here? Uh, well, a little bit. So you can like who your semi-finalists. Let's say you have a choice of who would get through: Spain, France, or Argentina. Who would that pick two of them to be in the semi-final? I'm going to pick France. I'm going to pick Argentina. Right. So Spain get. Kicked out? Yeah, yeah. I think they would need I've to. I've never play... rated PK as a defender. I'm sure they need to play France at some stage anyway to get to that stage. Probably. And if the other half you've got a choice of, let's say, Brazil. They're the kind of dark horses as well. We don't. They're a bit of an unknown quantity. Or maybe Germany, Belgium, or England, or Senegal. <laughs> oh, why would you bring up Senegal? <laughs> Uh, have you got the kit for Senegal? No, but I want it. Oh, is it for sale? The white one. Uh, is it one of the best selling ones? I saw an article about one of the best selling ones was not one of the mainstream. Nigeria, Nigeria's pre-sold, pre-sold, yeah, I know. three million. I know. Completely. Doesn't look that great. It's pretty cool. Well, I don't like it. It's just a retro thing. I mean, they just copy and pasted something from ten years ago, and ah. everyone's like, "Whoa!" I don't really like it. The fashionistas' choice, as I said last yeah, it's, season, it's, or last week. It's those people did the floss. Yes. Oh, oh, oh! I think uh, did the floss in the retro. Kit, <laughs> Stop! Stop! I can't even do it. Give you an iPhone. <laughs> oh, on that cringeworthy and rather depressing note. Uh, it's uh, time to end so we've we've gone all the way from Sutton United Belarus <laughs> Bonus Bonus United to Senegal and back uh, so don't say we don't take you on a world tour here at Sofa Manager uh, on the Scottish Football Podcast so thank you very much for listening from me Paul cheers guys um, and don't forget we are now on loads of different podcast services we are everywhere absolutely everywhere so there is uh, zero excuse share it with your pals would be much appreciated so have a good evening a good afternoon and a good morning bye bye